Jesus tells us a parable with two characters. Once upon a time in a certain city, there was a judge. This judge might have been the perfect judge by modern standards. First of all, he didn't fear God. So, no religious ideas were floating around in his head, prodding him to look outside of his ordered world. No weekly reminders of a grace undergirding his every breath. He did not pray for a mercy that he did not deserve. He believed he deserved whatever came to him. And that you deserved whatever happened to you, too. And that everything was ordered on earth as it should be. He was powerful and felt assured that he came to that through his own admirable qualities. He didn't fear God, and second, he had no respect for people. He could not be bought or swayed. Perfectly impartial, the particulars of anyone's circumstance were irrelevant in his judgments. There was right, and there was wrong, and there was no in-between. He was a very successful judge for this reason. You might describe the judge like Victor Hugo describes Javert and Les Miserables. His mental attitude was compounded of two very simple principles, admirable in themselves, but which, by carrying them to extremes, he made almost evil, respect for authority and hatred of revolt against it. It was easy for a man with such unwavering trust in his own authority to ignore a widow who came to him seeking justice, Jesus says. We have no description of the widow except that term, widow. It is a term that evokes vulnerability, powerlessness, separation from society, solitude. We hear she has an opponent, but nothing about what that opponent has done. She requires justice, and the form of that justice is apparently the opposite of what that judge has already ordered for her. The widow knows she cannot appeal to the judge's conscience because he's locked it fast behind an iron wall of surety. She cannot ask for sympathy because he eradicated that weakness in himself by a long life of seeing the worst parts of people in the very worst times of their lives. But what she has is persistence. And when she considers this self-made man who has no other concerns than his own, she does know she can become his concern by bothering him. And she does. She shows up at the judge's house at all times of day and sometimes at night. In the morning, she watches him leave for court in his car and waves her picket sign at him. At night, right at the moment he's about to fall asleep, she starts up a chant demanding justice. After days of this, the judge has had it and reasons with himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, 
Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. The end. Where is God in this parable? Where are you? Luke wants to answer that for us. At the very beginning of the reading, he says, Jesus told his disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Be like the widow, he says, and the great God judge will hear you. Which is where you need to just immediately stop. Because without exception, explanations to parables that we find written in the Bible are not source material. And this, this happens all the time. A parable is told, um, and whomever is recording it feels a little bad for you because it's kind of confusing, and he wants to make your life easier. They can be good explanations, but the point of a parable is not a point. They are designed to provoke you, to confuse you, to make you feel like you've lost your bearings a little bit, to make your rote answers that you give in life stop making sense. Parables are not a point. They are a process. Jesus tells them to you to open you up. So you have to ask questions like, Where is God in this? Where are you? I'm not so sure. I'm always the admirable character of the widow here, even if Luke wants me to be, even if I want me to be. No doubt I have felt wronged by the systems of this world, And I love the church because it's full of people I admire working together to take this broken pieces that we find around us and to start putting them back together into the world that God wanted us to be in. I've rallied and marched and cast my vote and tried not to give in under the weight of my doubt that any human structure could be changed substantively enough to enact true justice. But that bend in the long arc of justice seems barely perceptible at times, and my work in it even less so. Am I really the widow? What has been the longest prayer of my life? Has it been for justice? For something to be set right? You know, I wondered this week, Are we the judge? Do our minds naturally sort people into deserving and undeserving? Do we clutch the illusion of control and repel everything that doesn't fit into our immediate understanding, walling off against the dark unknown just at the borders of our vision? Are we pretty sure that being right is more important than being in relationship. Does that sound familiar? 
Have you considered that we have walled ourselves off so completely that only something that actually threatens our own well-being or peace of mind will spur us into action for others? That we won't care for the vulnerable earth or the vulnerable people in it until not doing so becomes an upset in our lives? If that's true then there's only one character left in this parable for God, the widow. She's a persistent, nagging force, despite our best efforts at ignoring her. A tug at the conscience you feel through the the sea of self-interest that governs everyday life. She is not an all-powerful judge, after all. Ordering the world at her will, she is small, a calling, an echo, prodding you to see what you have taught yourself not to see. You hear her just about as you're about to fall asleep, clamoring like a ghost in the attic of your mind. Something happened with the judge in the story. He does what the widow asks. He doesn't do it because he wants to or because of his good heart. He acts from a place of total self-interest. But he hears her, and he does what is right. One plate of that finely wrought armor slips loose, and a widow gets through. A minuscule virus of grace begins to upend the judge's system of surety. It seems like it's his story that's just begun.